0: Hello, I'm Michael Watson and this is the Influence Watch Podcast. The actions of big tech companies, most prominently Twitter and Facebook's decision to ban then-President Donald Trump from their platforms, have led some conservatives to consider invoking antitrust powers, of which they have long been skeptical, to crack down on these companies' power. Joining me today is a skeptic of that approach, Paul Steidler of the Lexington Institute, to discuss the case against an antitrust crackdown on tech companies. Uh, Paul, before we begin, could you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and what you guys do at the Lexington uh, yes, Institute? Yes, the
1: Lexington Institute is a conservative think tank in Arlington, Virginia, just outside of D.C. Uh, we were founded in 1998, uh, do a lot of work advocating for a strong national defense uh, and minimal uh, government involvement. And um, my focus is on the um, uh, logistics and um, tech supply, related tech supply issues.
0: so let 's get to the question of tech companies and antitrust what what 's being proposed and why are some people supporting well
1: there 's a lot of things that are being proposed um, and which would have a um, wide ranging uh, number of impacts um, over the past two years as um, tech companies have gotten bigger there have been um, Concerns about um, a, a number of issues that have arisen, um, be it um, impediments to free speech, be it uh, the fact that they uh, may be favoring certain companies online over others, and um, a number of things along those lines. Um, so there are a variety of proposals out there that would um, uh, break up tech companies, make them uh, smaller. Um Perhaps, uh, and I, I think one of the most uh, troubling proposals is um, something that Amy Klobuchar has been pushing for extremely aggressively, and that's the American Innovation and Choice Online Act. Uh, she has got. What would that? What yes, would that what, what it would do, do is it would. It has a vague definition uh, of of large tech companies, um, specifically companies uh, that have a market cap of more and $650 million, and it uh, it would require them uh, to take steps that are going to change how different online offerings are made and to make uh, different um, uh, products more accessible. The difficulty with that is there's nobody who's really complaining about this from a consumer welfare standpoint. There are some companies that are upset, but it it opens the door for widespread... Uh, government regulation of uh, of large companies and and many others, and it would give uh, unprecedented power uh, to Merrick Garland and the Biden administration's uh, Justice uh, Department.
0: So let me take a step back. What is why is consumer welfare important in antitrust analysis, and why have conservatives supported using consumer welfare as the justification uh, as as the i guess the the rule uh in deciding when antitrust action is needed as opposed to right. whatever well it was the
1: before. consumer welfare standard was actually developed forty years ago by uh justice Robert bork uh the same Robert Bork who was nominated to the Supreme Court by uh george h w bush and and right
0: right the the appellate judge who's who's uh whose yes, nomination yes. Was shot down.
1: um very unfairly and maliciously um the, the Consumer Welfare Standard states
0: that right. – I will say I think he was appointed by Reagan, not H.W.
1: Okay. I, right, right. I, I think um, I, I stand corrected. Um, in, in any event, the uh, Consumer Welfare Standard says that the most important public policy consideration that needs to be made is how consumers are going to be impacted uh, by a merger or acquisition that uh that takes place here, you would think that that is uh pretty common sense um, and the fact that um, there may be fewer competitors in an, in a uh, given industry uh could be something that's uh very good very beneficial news for uh consumers um, and that thing... how 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 so
0: how would because the the sort of the classical with the traditional antitrust view uh, pre bork uh, would be that necessarily when you have companies merging, they get bigger, they get more market share they can they can have more pricing power at the expense of consumers how could How could consolidation in a market benefit? well, it takes
1: out inefficient and poor providers of services um, it uh, sets certain companies up in a very strong position. Uh, financially, where new entrants, new, more audacious, uh, creative companies are going to want to take them on and offer uh, services that those bigger companies may have gotten uh, complacent about uh, and, um, uh, and not addressed. It, it weeds out the inefficient competitors uh, in the marketplace. And at the end of the day, in a free market capitalist society system, you're not going to um, you're not going to prevail. You're not going to succeed if you don't meet uh, customers' needs. and that's um, uh, you know that is at the heart of what the uh, consumer welfare uh, standard has been here. and it's um, you know it's one thing to talk about antitrust if you're talking about uh, the Rockefellers acquiring uh, oil and arbitrarily being able to hike prices and not allow smaller competitors. Uh, to railroads that they also own here. But the uh, tech sector in America has had a fundamental positive impact in terms of driving down consumer prices by making uh, new alternatives uh, much more uh, widely known and helping companies get to market uh, much quicker. I mean, you see that all the time on... uh, uh, shows like Shark Tank and others, which are um, encouraging uh, companies to look at marketing online. Um, so, it, it, it- so what do you what do you think? What do you think? In addition to what you
0: just mentioned, what are some of the negative consequences that you think could come? You know, let's say that. Whether it's this legislation or some other antitrust legislation targeting big tech passes, what are some of the the negative consequences that you think? Well, that I think one that?
1: thing is if um, you know if there's tougher legislation against big tech, um, that that's going to um, empower uh, those in the bureaucracy to uh, go after other industries and those legislatively to pursue um, much tougher. Uh, more onerous legislation that's out there. I mean, attacking big business uh, is something that's relatively new for a sector of conservatives and Republicans. It's nothing that's new for uh, those on the left. I mean, we've seen steel companies attacked, we've seen manufacturers attacked, banks, and whatever. Um, so those fights are not going to end. They're just going to be retooled, and they're going to be new and. Uh, different and more audacious approaches that uh that are taken uh to that. So it's mm-hmm. and yeah.
0: what's done and what's done to the tech companies doesn't stay. Uh, that's companies. uh
1: that, that's uh quite quite well said <laughs> and it's um it's gonna be very much in the uh public domain. It it's gonna be open season on uh American business, especially those companies that are uh, innovating those companies uh, that that are growing, and um, again, I, what, what's what's essential to go back to here, from an economic standpoint, is consumers and customers are benefiting from the uh, current setup of these companies. Um, you know, some of their competitors are not, but um, and and the fact that a lot of progressives just inherently. Uh, see business as evil, and big business in particular as evil, uh, is not so, is is something that um, um, those favoring a free market approach should be very weary of going into. You know, the other thing I'd, I'd just point out, Mike, is um, there are already many many remedies that are in place uh, to address abuses or potential abuses. By large tech companies or others, there are strong existing antitrust statutes that are on the books that um, held Microsoft in check uh, when it wanted to do a uh, to do a major um, um, uh, right, right back back right. in the back in the nineties. So, I remember that. So um, you know, before you add to that, and there are some antitrust cases now making their ways through the court. You ought to see how those play out.
0: So, I mean, you mentioned free free speech a little bit, uh, a little bit back as we were discussing sort of why this. There have been some people on the right who have been considering, you know, uh, re re looking at antitrust. Um, you know how how would you suggest that the real problems that some have identified with censorship, ideological monoculture. How would you suggest uh, suggest that those be addressed? Um, you know, is it just Elon ex Machina?
1: <laughs> well, I, I, I think every uh, I think every case is different, and I think it's also important for us to take a step back and to realize, um, you know, media bias against uh, conservatives and those on the right is nothing new. I mean, this is an issue that um, uh, Ronald Reagan had to deal with uh, when he was president, um, and. Uh,
0: Oh, goes goes back goes back before goes <laughs> back before him. I I think you know back to back to Nixon and probably
1: probably right, even right. before that. So I I, I guess um, I, I guess the uh, first thing to keep in mind is you know these abuses are going to have to be fought, and probably the worst course that you can take is just to throw up your hands and complain and um, and, and think you know well there's there's nothing that uh, that can be done here. Um, so so you know that involves uh court actions that involves uh finding workarounds to different um items that uh that come into play here. Um you know there were some very justifiable concerns in the 2020 election about uh certain ads uh being banned but you know one of the ways around that is that I
0: mean I mean probably the mo- probably the most notable being when a couple of the tech companies, most prominently Twitter, I think, didn't let the New York Post share their reporting on right Biden's right
1: and, and um but there are many other communication tools that are still available. People still watch t v the u s Postal Service in two thousand and twenty had a record amount of mail that was sent out politically uh because people were tuning out a lot of stuff that was online and um uh, and they didn't want people coming to their doors uh, because of covid so i I think it's important to a take something on if uh, if it is egregiously unfair um and the the hunter Biden laptop story is thankfully now getting uh the traction that it um, uh, that it that it well deserves um but it it's it's to um you know it's just to realize that that's uh the way of the world and that uh, workarounds and creative attacks are going to be, or creative counterattacks are going to be essential. So it's it's
0: playing the hand you're dealt rather than the hand you wish you're dealt. (laughs) Uh, Absolutely. Uh, All right. Well, before we let you go, is there anything else you'd like to let our listeners know about your work or the work of the Lexington Institute?
1: Well, um, again, we're a... um, Conservative think tank in Lexington uh, favor free market um, approaches, and um, yeah, I, I would point out as well that um, um, the, the concern about the size of tech companies and the pace of tech change is is not something that's new either. Um, President Reagan actually spoke about this extensively. Uh, during his 1983 State of the Union address, when there was an economic recovery starting to take hold, uh, but a lot of people were concerned about the impact that uh, that technology companies would have. Ronald Reagan was also governor of California at um, the time that Silicon Valley uh, was created and took off. And his policies of low taxes and low regulation were uh, were key to that. Um, and if we think about you know the many benefits um, that tech companies have provided to us, um, particularly uh, during the pandemic, it, it's important to um, I think be concerned um, not only um, um, not, not only about where things uh, would go, and there are some uh, concerns with any large business that um, uh, that a society should have, but. If we start messing with this, the uh, consequences of it are uh, profound. And um, again, to empower the Biden Justice Department um, with with even more tools to um, um, uh, interfere with uh, businesses, especially those that have uh, provided major benefits, is is something that should be very concerning.
0: All right. Well, thank you again to Paul Steidler of the Lexington Institute for joining us. We will include a link to his Inside Sources article, Time for Conservatives to Hit Restart on Tech Legislation, in today's notes. That's our show for this week. We encourage our listeners to subscribe on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. And if you have subscribed, thank you. And please leave us a five star rating. Those ratings really help us find new listeners, especially if they come with a positive review. We'll see you all next week.